Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber is the morning. Our pre-market hanging on to some gains, even as yields do swing higher today. Uh, Two-year, 412. VIX still below 20 as we've got some higher profile earnings to watch in Micron and Lulu in these final days of Q1. Our roadmap's going to begin with uh, stocks in rally mode. The NDX up now more than 20% from that October low. Lulu shares are surging on these results. CEO Calvin McDonald's going to join us in just a few minutes. And Micron's rough quarter reporting its largest loss on record but forecasting some better inventories ahead. Let's begin with the markets, though, on track for a strong open, Jim. The uh, the setup this morning was lower yields, but that turned around. Look, I, I think the Nasdaq situation is very important. A uh, little bit of a switch in leadership, Nvidia, and that's because of ChatGPT. But it, this is a group that's supposed to be going down, going into, say, a recession. Uh, there's some people who say, well, you know what? It should do well because the balance sheets are good. That's a false construct. This group does not trade on balance sheet. It trades on earnings growth. And there's obviously uh, a tailwind here. Uh, whether it be Microsoft because of some changes with GPT, whether it be, of course, NVIDIA with the new, uh, all the new products, not embraced by Amazon I, I, because we don't know how many they're going to cut back. Alph- Alphabet kind of lost, but Meta, uh, Meta doing extraordinarily well. And I urge people to hit on the Meta ads and you'll see what Meta is. There is a uh, Reels is doing very well and uh, Meta has a business. So you've got some. You know, you've got some momentum that's not done, led by NVIDIA, which is here and now, by the way. NVIDIA is not something that's going to happen in the next two years. NVIDIA is happening right now. They can't meet demand. That's a great situation yeah, to be in. Uh, pretty interesting. It's, going to be, it's actually the best quarter for NVIDIA in a couple of decades. Right. Piper with a... I don't know, 30 page deep dive on the software business at NVIDIA. Well, and people miss that. Which I mean, people don't even, some people don't understand there is a software no, business. No, I mean, they, you know, they emerge as Grace and Hopper, uh, these different chips with software. What people don't understand about, about uh, NVIDIA is they change their model a bit. You can go to Oracle, you can go to Alphabet, you can go to Microsoft, or you can go, or you can go to them, and they'll package it for you. Uh, they are both a wholesaler and, to, to some degree, a retailer. But there's no doubt about it. This thing's chock full of, of software as opposed to some of its competitors that are just kind of lost. So do you think the, the tech trade, to the degree it's working right now, is about sort of structural growth stories in AI uh, and computing? Or is it just, hey, we're on the heels or about to get our last hike, we think? Well, I mean, if we talk to, let's say you talk to Sanjay Morota and you read the call last night for Micron, ChatGPT gets mentioned first, but ChatGPT is very, very small. It's, it's, it's not a needle mover for them. Uh, you, you go to NVIDIA and you realize that things are a little more robust. Let's totally pivot to Salesforce, which Salesforce had a, is having a great quarter. So you have enterprise software, if you're profitable, doing really, really well. Um, you have some semiconductors doing incredibly well if they're cutting edge. Now, we, we can see Micron go up. There was actually nothing in the Micron quarter that made me think that we're not 18 months from what I regard as being actual growth. But we're only, we're only two quarters away from a bottom. And people historically since 1993 have decided to buy Micron two quarters for a bottom. So there's a lot of gun jumping. There is a tremendous amount of supply being taken out, but it's being taken out by Micron, not being not taken out by Samsung, which is just beginning to reduce. The PC cycle is still not there. Uh, it, it, it's I'm not saying it's hollow reasoning. I, too, would go with Micron. I said that last night on the show. Right. But what matters is NVIDIA. 
More than Micron. Yeah, because NVIDIA touches everything. I mean, right. to the point where there's a letter that must sign, which talk about maybe we've got to go a little slower. On AI. Uh, I, I think that trying to slow progress in history has been a real bad bet. Well, they're talking about risks to society, uh, well, that things are, quote, out of control. They should listen to what Jensen said. Uh, it, it, look, you know I think that Jensen Wong is brilliant. And what he's saying, basically, is there's no stopping it. Uh, now, you want to put guardrails on it? He talks over and over again at the beginning of his 78-minute speech about guardrails. Uh, these The people who are against what he's saying simply did not listen to the keynote. Had they listened to the keynote, they would not feel uh, th- this, uh, let's say, outright negative about what's going on. I mean, you're not going to be able to say, you know what, there's this terrific technology, but we're going to put it on hold. It's not For six happen. months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, this is not... Uh, Truman saying, you know what, we got to drop the bomb. It is, you know, it's Jensen saying, listen, let's let's make this technology work well so it doesn't drop a bomb. Right. Well, there is the structural story about AI. And then, as Jim says, there's the more cyclical story about inventories, which Marotra at Micron did address last night on the call. Take a listen. The semiconductor memory and storage industry is facing its worst downturn in the last 13 years with an exceptionally weak pricing environment that is significantly impacting our financial performance. We have taken substantial supply reduction and austerity measures, including executing a company-wide reduction in force. We now believe that customer inventories have reduced in several end markets, and we see gradually improving supply-demand balance in the months ahead. So that's decent news for inventories, um, but then he had some, I guess, net negative things to say about mobile and, and smartphones for the well, year? Well, I, I think that you need China to move for mobile, uh, not going to be able to do it on their own. Uh, you need PCs to come better into balance. There's nothing there, nothing positive. Uh, there's uh, auto and industrial that's doing well, but it's not enough to move the needle. What's incredible is, is that Samsung finally got the message. Samsung's been flooding at a very big loss, a lot of different of the end markets, uh, particularly cell phone. Uh, and, and what Sanjay's had to do is pull back, pull back, pull back, lay off, lay off, lay off. Uh, but he does say that 2025 is going to be a growth year. Now, people can say at home, 2025, I mean, that's two football seasons away. That's not the way Micron works. I mean, you have to get in there ahead. All the different moves where Micron's going from fourth quartile in the S&P to first quartile have come two quarters from now. So there's just guy, big, you know, big institutions have to be in there. This man has taken... He's taking the wood to his team. Uh, the, free, the free cash flow numbers are hideous, okay? Right. But because he has raised enough uh, liquidity, he kind of saw it coming. Uh, got to hand it to him. He, he's taking incredibly tough action. They're, they're ordering very few. Very, they're all, all, they are not sitting there ordering a lot of machines to make more capital equipment. As a matter of fact, that's probably going to be a 2026 situation when we do the chip sack. Right. So, I mean, he's being bold. He's being brave. Uh the fact that Samsung's cutting back is, is, is probably more important than anything. Data center really not that good. Uh, look, I, I don't want to pour cold water on the turn, but there's nothing this quarter or next quarter that's going to make you feel, wow, I really got into my crime. I'm so glad. Unless you're someone, I don't know, Will Danoff at Fidelity Contra Fund that has to buy 35 million shares to make a difference. Just to <laughs> but your point, your point is that the market's not going to wait for clarity. It can't. It yeah. can't because in every single instance that it's turned, you got to move now. But if you listen to Sanjay, Sanjay is not giving you anything that makes you feel that you should be buying it this quarter. But that's not, he's not a stock picker. He's just saying, okay, look, the inventory is still very, very bad. 
But I thought it was interesting. He thinks that um, memory, the basic, is going to uh, uh, bottom ahead of NAND, which I, I thought was surprising. Uh, and he does see uh, some end to the drag of the PC cycle, but can't pin anything on that. And, and I didn't think Enrique Lourdes this morning and HP did either. There's a lot of hope here. But traditionally, when you cut back this much uh, and you have this leg, leg of this negative free cash flow, you got to move. It's the ugliest it's been. The 13-year number took my breath away uh, because uh, I, I'm a huge believer in Sanjay, and he has kept you out of the stock. He's done a pretty good <laughs> yes, job. Uh, and this time there's no stopping. And it's certainly not because of him. He is not saying it, it, the, the bottom is here. He's saying the bottom will be here, and that's enough for a lot of people. Yeah. We're going to see how uh, the stock reacts to that later on this morning. When we come back, though, uh, shares of Lululemon surging on the company's strong holiday quarter and this upbeat guidance. Look at that gain uh, coming off of the call last night. Calvin McDonald's going to join us exclusively here at Post 9 in a moment with futures still positive on this morning where yields have turned around. VIX still sub-20. I love a good story. It's just a story <laughs> where people just get it right. Management's so good. And I'm talking about Lululemon. It is surging after reporting strong holiday quarter sales and much more than that, issuing just tremendous full year guidance. And of course, faking out the people who believe somehow it was over. over. Have they ever been to a store? Joining us now exclusively is Lululemon CEO Calvin McDonald. Calvin, first of all, just congratulations straight out. I mean, you just nailed the quarter. So I want people just to hear from you. How do you deliver? apparel numbers in an era where no one else can. <laughs> uh, well, thanks. Great to be back. Um, it really does start, and I just need to acknowledge the incredible team that we have across the globe. Uh, they every day delight and deliver the brand and execute flawlessly. Uh, and I think it's consistently with what we've been talking about, product that is driven through innovation, it's unique, and it's differentiated in the marketplace. Our unique approach to community and the guest relationship, and our D2C model that really at the center of it is about omni and convenience, and we continue to lean and innovate in that space. Uh, you really have uh, melded health and wellness with apparel. Uh, that's been something that a lot of others have tried, including Nike. You're, of course, familiar with Nike. How does it come together so quickly? Others have taken 10, 15 years to make this work. It, it has been core to our purpose. Uh, we talk about helping uh, and focusing on delivering the full potential, and I think well-being and wellness is an extension, a natural extension of that. Uh, and then during the pandemic, we saw that become a more uh, driving force within the market and with our guests, and we're well-positioned. It's at our core. It's uh, it's what we're committed to, and it's that much more important with our guests. So it's helping absolutely to fuel and drive the business uh, through the last few years. And one this before I turn it over to Carl, I was going over with, with our friend Matthew Boss. Uh, inventories are clean. You don't have any promotion coming this quarter, do you? We've been saying we don't have an inventory problem uh, for, uh, for every quarter. But. It was deliberate. We saw the momentum in the business, we saw the supply chain challenges, and we leaned in to have the goods to sell it to feed and fuel the momentum. And we've been beating our guidance on managing that inventory down without markdowns through full price sale, and we've delivered on that. Uh, and we're confident we've guided to, again, in this quarter, having inventory up 30 to 35% at the end of it, in line with sales at the back half of the year. Half of it is core, it's not aged. We don't have an inventory issue. Uh, we leaned in deliberately, it's worked, it's fueled our business, and we're managing accordingly out. That's interesting. The city upgrade today talks about that. They talk about no sign of a sales slowdown. And then they say China, 
uh, poised to rapidly accelerate. Is that part of the momentum you're trying to lean into? We're excited about our business in China. It's part of our power of three times two plan to quadruple our international, and China plays a big part of that. Uh, and in the quarter, our business was up 30%, 50% on a three-year CAGR, and that's with a lot of COVID disruption. We saw at the end of the quarter an acceleration. Surprised me with how quickly China came back for our business. Excited about the momentum in Q1, and it plays a big part in our growth story moving forward. So, you know, some have argued that the reopening has had a delayed effect in getting to the Chinese consumer. You don't see that? Not in our business. Not at all. I am uh, struck by both my uh, Summit store and the Short Hills Mill, Mall store. When I walk in, I feel there is enough for men's that I can both work out and also go to work in. Uh, the emphasis on men's, I think, is including tennis and golf, it, it was always right. I know you're going for that. But how big is it now versus women's? Uh, it's a big part of our business. I, I think we can officially declare that Lululemon is a dual gender brand uh, and appeals to both men and women. Uh, and it's exciting, and we're just early. As you know, one of our Power of Three growth stories is to double our men's business. That's a 20% annual comp growth. Uh, we beat that uh, last year, our first year of our new five-year plan. Continue to see momentum in men's. And as you identified, I love the versatility from both sweat through to all wear occasions. And it's an opportunity actually for us to bring a little bit of that into our women's assortment, where we're more anchored in a more of the sweat. And we've declared, uh, you know, so we call it OTM as an opportunity for us. So excited to see growth in both men's and women's. You know, I have to bring up Mirror because I've, we've talked many times about it. It's a superior product. At the same time, it may not be where people are but you've pivoted and made it so it's still a profitable subscription that you've got going. Absolutely. Mirror was always about our community strategy and been supportive of it. Our community strategy is to drive LTV and incrementality, and Mirror does that. We saw a 9% lift in apparel spends for our Mirror users, and the pivot is to expand the amount of guests that will interact with what we think is industry-leading content through a digital app only, but there's value in studio, value in supporting our community strategy and, uh, you know, we'll pivot uh, and excited to see the new strategy play out. Um, have you been able to quantify uh, the additional merch you can sell because of engagement in Mirror? Yeah, that's the 9% number that we shared. Absolutely. We can look at that cohort, their spend behavior before and then their spend behavior uh, during. And it was really a big part of the investment thesis. Uh, through some of the tests we had done before, which is we know that engagement of guests in both their sweat and, and well-being lifestyle drives further engagement in the brand. Uh, and that's a big part of our community strategy. And now with the launch of Essentials and having 9 million members sign up in the first five months, it's an incredible platform for us to bring the content into them, leveraging a digital app and, and, and drive that incrementality. Jim mentions being able to work out and go to work. Does the evolution of return to office is that material to you either way? Does it drive sales one way or the other? Uh, I think with the um, easing of more formal wear, if anything, it's a positive and upside. Uh, versatility of our product for both men's and women's is one of the core differentiators. The fact that he and she sees value in multiple wear occasions, both sweat, to and from, and then, as you mentioned, to the office. Uh, and we just see that as an opportunity for the brand to continue to expand our addressable market. People are going to look at the stock and they say, wow, it's up 50 points. And a lot of that would be people who got it wrong. Calvin, what I don't understand is those of us who are customers, 
uh, just the consistent strength. Uh, what is Wall Street missing? Is it they don't shop there? Is it they don't understand you and what you've done? This is a trajectory toward basically a worldwide health and wellness company, which should have a much higher price earnings multiple and is not episodic. Why do they think it's episodic? Um, well, I think that might be a good question for them. I know, we're, but I'm, we're nose, I'm we're lost. Nose, we're nose down delivering on our commitments. Right. And I think this management team has proven that we do that quarter in, quarter out. Uh, we delivered our first five-year plan a year and a half early to double the business. Right. Shared our next five-year growth plan to double the business to $12.5 billion. And year one in, we're ahead of that plan. We've guided to be at and slightly above that in year two. Uh, and we're early innings of growth. And I keep pointing to our results after every quarter. If you look at product growth, every category, double-digit growth, it's balanced. If you look at channel, online stores, both contributing, delivering. And then if you look at our market expansion, every market we're in, double-digit growth. It is very balanced growth across every growth driver, which to me supports the notion we are early innings, we're just getting started, and excited where this brand can go. You think we ever go back to the days where we worry about um, supply chain, transportation costs, ocean freight, things like that? Is that is that dead? It's not dead. We're still living through it. Uh, I think it's going to take two more years to normalize back to 2019 if we use that as the, 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 the benchmark. Uh, we've made good gains. Uh, we still last year had 240 basis points in margin as a result of air freight. Uh, we will still have at the end of this year 100 basis points uh, in our gross margin as a result of air freight. Um, our operating margin is just slightly behind 2019, yet we have 240 basis of air freight embedded in that. The opportunity for us to continue to unlock that, invest that, and fuel the top line business is exciting for this company. Uh, but I do think it's a, a few year to normalize and get back to 2019. Sometimes I worry about cannibalization, but then I see something like North American 24% e-commerce growth. International increased 39% worldwide. Worldwide. That's incredible. There's not a market we're in that I could point to and tell you isn't growing double digit, uh, isn't single digit and unaided brand awareness and have opportunity. The business is resonating in every market we're in. We're in the right markets uh, and we have a significant runway to drive uh, our brand awareness, to continue to connect with the guests. Uh, and it's exciting to see. Most appreciated that you came on our show. Uh, I'm not going to say it's remarkable performance. I'm saying you've consistently performed remarkably. Calvin, thank you so much for thank coming you. on Scorpion. Thank you. Still to come this morning at Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Take another look here at the pre-market uh, ahead of that bell in about eight minutes with a two-year yield backing off a touch from session highs around uh, 408. Don't go away. Closing in on the last few days of the quarter, futures looking pretty good here today on the heels of the, the results we've just talked about, namely Lulu and Micron. Of course, a lot more in the days to come. Meantime, the opening bell's coming up in about six minutes. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. It's time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Periodically, but not usually, you want Jay Powell to hold his ears when he's watching the show. And he may have to do it for this blast. Paychecks just reports small, medium-sized business. The number is extraordinary. And uh, as the new CEO, Mr. Gibson, says, small businesses have demonstrated remarkable resiliency. In other words, that business is not stop. That continues to be a thorn in the side of 
of PAL doesn't slow. And then Cintas, which is the maker, biggest maker of uniforms for small and medium-sized business, returns a quarter that is just extraordinary. So if you want to know the cohort that has not yet been hurt by the credit crunch or by any crunch, it's small and medium-sized business, which is, of course, the backbone of growth in our country. Uh, there are some who argue that you really don't get a crack in the labor market until those size firms start cutting back. Well, there's no crack. Right now, there's an acceleration if you ask for paychecks. And the number of Cintas is extraordinary. So we can take a look at the big layoffs. It's a white-collar recession, okay? White-collar recession does not include uh, people who wear Cintas uniforms. And paychecks also benefits from the fact that they've been living off the float. Unlike the net interest margin that we keep hearing cut at the banks because they have to raise how much they're getting for CDs, just cleans up. Yeah. Um, we talked to Lulu just now. You mentioned um, uh, some other retail names. You didn't like this Foot Locker downgrade at UBS no, or the Burl or the Ross stores. Well, you know, the problem with the Foot Locker downgrade is it's just uh, it's just very ill-advised. Mary Dillon just bought a, a half million dollars worth of stock. She turned around Ulta. Nowhere in that report is it even mentioned. I mean, I think that the person, one of the things I think that the person ought to do is just go to the new Foot Lockers. They're gorgeous. And the second thing is they talk about the Nike Reliance Maybe they're going to be hurt. Mary Dillon wants Nike Reliance to be lower because of on holding. That's the hot shoe. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, self-love. Remember well. to invite me to your funeral. Yeah, well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Jim Fist, for always reminding us when he was telling people that they should go on gold one block from here. Uh, but, yeah, there's a definite funeral invite there. Yeah. Um, you talked to Lulu. I mean, their forward PE is still lower uh, it's cheaper than Nike's because yes. it deserved to be the same. No, yeah, I mean, look, Nike is, I'm not saying Nike's lost the way because that would be uh, wrong. I am saying that this this company has far, far, much bigger growth path. And the, what he said to your question about China is rather extraordinary. Uh, the stock is just very cheap versus 2019. People got it wrong. Uh, I'm, look, I'm not going to ever go against Nike because it's a great manufacturer. But, well, these guys are well ahead of Nike. Let's get the opening bell here. CNBC Real-Time Exchange at the big board. Panagram Structured Asset Management celebrating the recent listing of its first ETF. And at the NASDAQ, Biopharma Genelux celebrating its uh, recent IPO. Pretty good breadth here as we're back above 4K. Interesting piece on the tape this morning or last night, Jim, about uh, hedge funds basically capitulating their shorts on treasuries. Right. And that positioning is changing remarkably as... You heard uh, earlier on Squawk uh, talk about the tenure going back to three. Well, look, I think the problem is is that there's a lot of people at home who are very confused because they're Many people are obsessed on what the interest rate curve is, that maybe they read the 560-page Sydney Homer inside the yield curve page turner, not unlike War and Peace or Anna Karenina. But I would say this, it's worthless, okay, because you've got a man like Calvin Dunn, okay? And if you want to look at the tens and the twos, I mean, like, well, why don't we just go, uh, let's play Rummy Cube. Because, I mean, as far as what you, if you can find people like this, you say, I'm going to transcend the tens and the twos. Or yesterday, when you look at some of the companies that reported, you, know, you look at PVH. I mean, they were supposed to be written off. RL should be revisited. Apparel's coming back. I just mentioned Cintas. You, you can do pages. You can case by case and just avoid the banks because the banks are trapped by the yield curve. Now, there was a very good piece this morning by Goldman Sachs about Huntington Bank. I had them on not that long ago, 5.5% yield, no outflows up to speak of. But, you know, look, if you want to be in the blast zone, yeah, you're going to have to pay attention to the 10s and 2s. If you're going to be able to be away from the blast zone, then you can find lots of things to like. Do, do, you, do you not believe there will be relief in rates uh, in the coming months? I think that, look, I, I, I think that 
that Jay Powell has to say, all right, I got I to gotta figure out who else is on the wrong side of things. I mean, First Republic every day. I got Tom Barrack in there. and I, Tom Barrack, very powerful guy. He's got a lot of friends. I mean, trying to rally the troops, so to speak. Uh, first, As long as First Republic goes down, I think people will say be careful. There's still people who pick on Schwab. Uh, it, it, you know, they got to do more work. Schwab is not in trouble. Schwab has the stickiest account base, and the, consi- the, the, the drumbeat that Schwab is next is so wrong that, that I, I mean, I, I, you know, it reminds me of 1992 when people were saying, look out, it's going to be, uh, we're, we're about to see Bank of America go under. I mean, you know, Security Pacific, yes. Uh, Goldman today does have a, a crack at the regionals, and they say they do see earnings risk across the coverage, maybe to the tune of 26 percent. But right. given the sell-off, they still see 25 percent upside. Well, the, the stocks net. are down 35, 40 percent. Right. And but you've got to be careful. You've got to go with ones that have a very high ratio of deposits insured. So you're not going to deal with some sort of run on things of which I would tell you Colin Frost and Huntington Bank are my two favorites along those lines. Uh, Huntington is a buy. What can I say? Huntington is a buy. Uh, we don't know. I mean, some of the others just don't give you the data that you need. Uh, if they did it, if you talk to Jensen Wong, you could have second by second uh, withdrawal numbers, which would, of course, save Silicon Valley Bank and save some people on the Hill from being incredibly embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, meantime, the WAPO's got this piece about uh, the White House recommending rules Maybe not rolling back uh, the the deregulation that we got in 2018, but trying to implement some rules. And it kind of fits with what Fed officials are saying, is that we can do this through regulation, not necessarily rates. Right. Well, I mean, look, I think that uh, President Trump made things easier uh, in retrospect, maybe too easy. Uh, the big banks are not in trouble because they've had a level of scrutiny that's extraordinary. And by the way, they've done a lot of right things because of that scrutiny. So I'm actually in agreement that... It, it worked. Uh, does it hurt loan growth? No, it obviously hasn't. We wouldn't have this boom that we have. Right. That's the other thing, Jim. It's been three weeks now uh, since SVB, and we've gotten some, you know, marginal data, jobless claims, used cars, uh, some corporate commentary, obviously. The, the cracks or the effects haven't been, like, explicit. No, and, you know, we see a lot of what I guard as a real false narrative. You'll say, wow, housing's down 5% from the high. Well, I mean, housing's up one-third from the low. I mean, you, you can't you – know, these, are, these are algebraic equations. People have to go back to seventh grade and realize that we're nowhere in terms of getting things back to 2019. So if j wants to get 2019, which would be 2% inflation, you, know, you can't do it. But we are seeing indicators like trucking. Trucking's down very big. We know rail's down very big. Uh, we know that supply chain constraints have made it so that we, we do have inventory problems in some industries. Uh, Sanjay Marotra pointing out, by the way, that uh, autos are, are, are stabilized, and that's because they have they have product. But it's just not a terrible time in the economy. There, there is some slack, uh, not a lot of slack. But if it weren't for the fact of Silicon Valley Bank, I think that Jay would have done 50. Mm-hmm. And it would have been justified. Right. Meantime, uh, you see tech outperforming once again uh, with the Nasdaq up, up one and a third percent on, I guess, just the, 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 the discussion yesterday was, will Micron ratify the move in tech and chips? And well, the like, answer is yes. Yeah. I mean, look, Micron is... There's supply and demand. I mean, the demand's not any good, but they've cut back supply to the point that they're losing a huge amount of money. Uh, and Samsung started to cut back. That's very important because Samsung's flooded every single zone with too many chips. Um, but, you know, I come back, when you think of tech, 
you, you, know, you take a little piece of Microsoft, all right? Well, Microsoft's doing so much right, but it, it's chat GPT. When you go to look at what is happening on the Hill with TikTok, and you realize that Mark Zuckerberg has spent a tremendous amount of time on Reels, and Reels are beginning to make uh, some, some traction. Because you don't want to be an advertiser in, in a big plan on TikTok and then discover that you don't have TikTok. And there's, what, 53 billion hours that are uh, available? Um, Wow. I mean, that's a lot of hours. I mean, People ought to read books. Uh, in media, they talk about share a wallet and share a time. And that's a lot of time that well, would migrate. I, I'm on TikTok when I feel like that my brain has to take an intellectual vacation. I don't like my partner, uh, David Faber, yesterday when he was endorsing <laughs> communist great, China. Great, great line. One of the greats of all time. <laughs> There's a look at what big tech's doing today. Um, speaking of which, Apple, we haven't really talked about buy now, pay later in the move yesterday. Well, I mean, remember, they're not really extending credit. It's a it's a four-part over six-week, no more than $1,000 plan. I think it's much more about getting share of your wallet. Uh, and by the way, talk about being responsible. They show you where you are. Now, I'm not saying that Max Levchin's irresponsible with a firm, but that's artificial intelligence to be able to find the right you know, to, to match buyers and then have a lot of credit risk. I mean, look, I thought this was a responsible plan. Not unlike, by the way, when I first got my Macy's card, Jeff, Jeff Gannett. Wish him the best of luck. See him tonight. But it, look, I think it's just a very smooth transition for Apple to take over one more area in a very responsible way with good security and privacy. Is it, we'll talk about Macy's in a second, but is it an affirm killer, the Apple move? Absolutely not. There's room I mean, for more. No, I, I think that what it is, is a convenience buyer. A uh, younger person wants to be able to say, listen, I don't need to put all this money out. The thousand dollar bogey, I think is interesting. Affirm is, you know, Affirm is Capital One. Right. But with, without the, uh, the high fees. Right. Uh, you mentioned uh, Macy's and Gannett will retire uh, next February. Uh, Tom Spring coming in from Bloomingdale's and the CFO adding some COO duties as well. Yes, All that important. said, Jim, uh, Gordon Haskett today cuts to hold on slowing traffic. I mean, how much? Well, I mean, look, the, the, the same store sales have been nothing to write home about. But, but remember, the new CEO is from Bloomies, which did have very good same store sales. Uh, they've got, I mean, they're down two, three on a lot of the different uh, segments, which is, I know Jeff Gannett cannot find that to be reassuring, but he did have a huge number of headwinds. He also managed to fix the debt. There's a 6 percent, 8% piece of paper that he, he should pay down before the new CEO comes in. But Jeff's done a lot of good things, and, and I think that this, look, is Nordstrom doing great? I mean, how about Kohl's? I mean, that's the cohort. Uh, the department store is a challenged business, but uh, I think the stock is inexpensive. Yeah. Interesting piece in the journal today about GameStop and how they're revisiting their stance on physical stores versus e-com. Well, GameStop is a NAMC are not really stocks. They're, I used to play the ponies. <laughs> and you used to go, like, you'd go look for Delaware Downs. It'd be like a... Harness? Be, harness? Or no, retire. never. Those were always, I felt, a little. No, this is from Andy Byer. My first $50,000 season was one of the greatest stock-picking books in history uh, and picking winners. But, you know, these are just outliers. They're outliers, and I don't know what to say about them. They're ins inscrutable. I mean, yesterday someone floated the idea that Amazon was going to buy AMC. I was going to say, well, did you want to talk about that or not? Well, I was, you know, I could float the idea that you know Amazon's going to buy Illinois Toolworks. That would be good. <laughs> what a merger that they, would they be. They threw it on the whiteboard Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I can't. Andy Jassy has always wanted to be a good tool and dime in. Um, yeah, they did make the rounds, It did, and it did move AMC yesterday. Well, I mean, it's important to manipulate stocks if you're uh, a crook. 
Hey, by the way, speaking of that, we haven't even touched Binance yet. Remember when, when Southern Methodist you, Smoo, got the death sentence from the NCAA? This Binance piece from CFTC is a death sentence. You, uh, you tweeted about that. You said it, it paints a picture of a company gone rogue. Yeah, I, I mean, it's actually fun. If you read it, it's kind of like a Netflix. I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't know if Reed, maybe Sarandos. It's a, it's an eight, it's an eight part drops all at once series yeah. about a, a group of people who are making fools of us. Now, by the way, they're not making fools of like the PRC is because that's just a huge. Well, it's funny you mention that because the FT's got a piece this morning about Binance and how they, for years, took efforts to hide their ties to China. You got to read. It, it's just very funny. Uh, you know, they, and they managed to be able to make it so the curse words are died, died, you know, they're redacted a little bit. So yes. it, it, it's family fun. Hamas, but, all that. Yeah, right. but what, what's amazing about it is, is they said we're not doing business here. And yet this was their biggest market. They said they had real no touch here. And yet they're trading futures here. I mean, it, it's incredible. The, the amount of, of they may be the biggest scoff law I have seen. next. But you see, you got that, you got that very low bar Sam Bankman-Free, right? Well, there was a point at which this was the, quote, savior to things like Sam Bankman-Free. Yeah, Bankman I feel Free. so much better. Um, you, you know, it's, a, uh, it, it's, it's not Madoff. Right. There it is. I'm going to make the statement right now. Binance is not made off. I'm putting it out there. Oh, th- that said, Jim, then why is Bitcoin holding in if, if that liquidity is at risk? Because Bitcoin is actually uh, the subject of a very difficult uh, congressional issue. I mean, you've got, you've got Gensler who's trying to go against the idea of creating coins with Coinbase. And Gensler's met 30 times with Coinbase, and they may have a you know, Wells notice going there. But they've not been able to do anything to damage Bitcoin. And here we are discussing Republic Bank. I mean, Bitcoin versus Republic, I don't know. Yeah. I went by a Republic yesterday when I was on my way to, in uh, Time Warner Center, and I said, well, you know, put a Bitcoin store next sure. to it. It's the best quarter for Bitcoin since... Q121. That's it's a rebellion. It's a kind of a, yeah. It's a it's a rebellion against the system, and I think the system is viewed as corrupt by many people, and Bitcoin is not. Now I think that the real issue with Coinbase, Bitcoin, is can you create a new coin all the time? And and I know that 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 Gensler from SEC says, look, they're creating securities day after day after day. There's a ripple case. They may not even win the ripple case. But the Binance is very, very different because that's basically saying, okay, we've got a criminal enterprise and we've got to stop the criminal enterprise. And so we're going to give them the death sentence. I think it's a northern Illinois uh, federal court. I think the win. Uh, Binance, it's not a question of cleaning up their act. There is no act. There is no act to to clean up. No. A couple other uh, pieces this morning. Jim Lucid. Uh, we talked about the 18% headcount reduction yesterday. Today, Adam Jonas says other EV makers are going to have to at least well, consider. I was working like on Lucid. If they fire everybody, they can make money. That's when they. That's when it comes into the fore. I mean, honestly, Lucid. Uh, you know, 18% of the work right now. When I went to see Peter Rawlinson, I mean, the car is just fantastic. But what we're discovering over and over again is that's an irrelevance. It's it's how to make a car and make money on a car. Uh, the technology and, is separate from the production. Right. right. I mean, you know, look, these things were all, you know, they were SPACs, they were exciting. Uh, But Tesla's real. And with the exception of the uh, pickup truck, which I think will be no match for the Lightning uh, F-150, I just think that it's game, set, match Tesla. They make cars and they make a lot of money. Uh, And could afford to lower price in an environment where Uh, that's a vacuum right now. They could Model T Ford. That's the problem. They've got the Model T T market. 
Sticking with transports today, uh, Boeing, Jim, uh, the Ryanair CEO, says they're back in talks for maybe 100 new aircraft. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, Ryanair I mean, is the chief slagger. I mean, Boeing, Boeing's doing a lot of things right now, uh, but it's hard to do uh, to go wrong when it comes to, to transport. I said last night on Mad Money that one of my worst mistakes was uh, David just would hector me endlessly on Boeing. How can be long? How can be long? So finally I folded. He got to me and it was at the bottom. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. <laughs> really? Yeah, we do miss his, his hectoring. Uh, you're, yeah, you're yeah different... no, he got me down. He wore me down. He can do that. Uh, but Boeing is back. Now, people can still do it with GE when they spin off the, the near-do-well energy business. So I'm sorry, Larry. I know it's doing very well. Uh, we're playing it with Honeywell for my Chapel Trust. I talked about we it yesterday. presented uh, yesterday, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought we had a very good meeting. It was very self-deprecating. I, I beat myself up on seven different uh, stocks. And next time, I'm going to bring a whip, maybe even with some uh, spice in it. Uh, to Jim's earlier point about chips, Intel leading the Dow this morning, up a mm. uh, 3% gain. Very nice. Uh, with the Dow, the index up 250. Well, they got to teach in. And, you know, <laughs> by the way, uh, Sanjay mentioned Intel in the same breath as AMD. That was nice. Doesn't happen all, well, they, they all think I mentioned well, in the same breath, but for different reasons. Well, I think Intel, look, if I were, Paul, if I were a, a, a Pat Gelsky, I would say, have you looked at the chart? Chart's good here. We'll see. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Look at this market here, guys. Uh, we're over 4,000, 8 to 1, advancing to declining stocks. All 11 sectors are to the upside. Now, a lot of this, of course, is being led by tech, but there's some other things starting to creep up as well. Just take a look at the sectors today. There's your two leaders for the quarter. We're going to start talking a lot about the end of the quarter and what's happened here. But tech and communication services just on fire here. But look, two terribly beaten up sectors, banks and energy uh, have done very well recently. Uh, Real Estate Investment Trust, another group that's up, starting to show some signs of life in the last few days. Another terrible quarter uh, overall. So very, very wide breadth here. So we're in an uptrend right now on the stock market. I just want to point out, as we get to the end of the quarter, we're going to start pointing this out to you, that what's really moving the market up has been tech uh, and communication services here. I call them the trillion dollar club, the top four, all four trillion dollar uh, or above market cap. Uh, Apple up 22 percent, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, all in the mid-teens. These are amazing numbers. Remember, these are the top four stocks in the S&P 500. And when you get to the second tier of mega cap, it does even better than that. You get NVIDIA. That's the, you know, these are not typos here like Meta, NVIDIA, Tesla. Look at these moves. These are the top tier and so when these kinds of stocks move this much, it moves the entire index. And Jim was right. He mentioned earlier a lot of this excitement's over chat GPT, particularly for NVIDIA and Microsoft and maybe a little bit for Amazon and Meta as well. But my point is, when they move that much, look what they've done to the S&P 500. So we were up going into the open. We were up 3.4 percent for the S&P 500. Those seven mega caps are pushing the S&P up 5 percent. So these seven stocks are actually responsible for 150 percent of the move in the S&P 500. It means that the other 493 stocks on a relative basis are underperforming. Think about how powerful those move. This is the power of big cap stocks. And when they all start moving, heavens, this is what happened in 2021. The same kind of thing. It moved the overall index up. And the question is, are we really uh, going in the right direction here? Is that the way we want to go? So we're closing out the quarter and it's just a nasty bull bear debate. There's not a lot of agreement on anything. The bulls keep screaming at me. We're an uptrend, Bob. Look at the charts. Look at the charts. The yields are dropping. And this is the top of the tightening cycle, which is more hopium than actual fact. But the bulls are levitating themselves into trying to believe this. But the, the bears have 
have a number of very important points. There's a yield curve inversion going on, and usually that means Fed easing and recession coming down, uh, coming on here. Uh, the valuations are really rich. 18 times forward earnings is not a recession multiple, folks, not even close. So somebody's wrong here, essentially. Uh, and of course, there is issues with the higher cost of capital. And finally, Carl, I, I'll tell you, people are asking me, is, is the Fed put back? You know, everyone believes the Fed is not going to stop in, step in for major market declines. We've come to believe that for the last couple of years. Well, they stepped in for a major market decline for the banking situation to help the banks out. So people are saying, Bob, are you really sure the Fed put is completely gone? I don't know, but it's back on the table for discussion. Carl, back to you. Bob, thanks for that, uh, Bob Bassani. As we go to break, let's take a look at bonds. We mentioned earlier they were lower in the early part of the pre-market, uh, flipped higher. Uh, you got the two years still above four this morning. All sectors are red on the S are green on the S&P, I should say, led by consumer discretionary and infotech. And the VIX now closer to 19 than 20. Be right back. The monster move this year in uh, mega cap tech continues today, uh, but joined in by a bunch of other names this morning. First Republican Micron are leading the S&P as we're back to 4014. Only six names on the NDX are red. And the Dow's up 255. Stop trading with Jim is next. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. People worry about overvaluation when you see this kind of red hot market. I come back to a golden recommendation in Marathon Petroleum, very, very fine refiner. It sells at six times earnings. And it, it's definitely headed higher, I think. They've got good margin expansion, they're a very good operator. So we have to stay, really distinguish between the part of the market that's been left behind and then the, the NVIDIA part. And you, you kind of have a barbell situation where very excitement in tech, very good excitement in tech and Meta, too. But then a lot of companies sell five, six, seven times earnings. And if we don't have a recession because the Fed doesn't put us in one because of the problems that we've seen with um, Silicon Valley Bank, then you've got to buy these five, six times earnings. That chart, that chart doesn't spell recession. I mean, that's, that stock is – that's an, that's NVIDIA. It's a, that's refining GPT. Right. Although – Maybe Nat Gas does. We've well, got a one-handle today. Well, you can't. You know, look, the good thing about natural gas, unlike oil, it can stop at zero. But Nat Gas is just a question. We just don't have any place to export it. Good piece today about how Russia's in trouble because they don't have any cash flow. Oh, man. Well, you know what? I mean, Russia, yeah, Russia rivaled the United States in, in uh, 1910 in terms of how much we put out and how much they put out. The rivalry's back. Uh, the, the piece in the journal today, ruble down 20%. Mass exodus of human capital. Yeah. All of their giants have lost customers. Yeah, right? pa pass the vodka. <laughs> they're they're yeah. going to need it. Yeah. Uh, so tonight you got uh, okay. Macy's. Yeah, I got Macy's. I have Glaxo, uh, Emma Wamsley. They've done a lot of good things and uh, built a very good anti-cancer franchise. But, of course, they're the uh, kings of vaccines. And then um, Paychex. And, again, remember, I like Paychex as a great way to this new CEO. To, to see what small, medium-sized business is doing. Now, look, I mean, the economy is back to being strong. Thank heavens for Silicon Valley, the knuckleheads of Silicon Valley. Back. And I use knuckleheads because I happen to recognize that this is a family fun show. Uh, you have said they've done some work for Powell for him. Well, they are. They were set up by Powell. Powell, just like Binance was set up. You got to read Binance, I mean, because it really reads very well. It kind of reads like there's a new show on Netflix. Um, it's a net night agent. There you go. Okay. Thank you to Brian Schwarzenegger <laughs> yes. for being able to, because sometimes you know, there's so many shows I'm watching, you know. <laughs> yes. I mean, the, the, the false detective was spot this one. So we'll see you at 6. Thank uh, you. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. As uh, this rally is holding in pretty tight with a narrow range today, S&P 4011. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 